Are you ready to uh, cast the pod? I was born ready. Okay, well, off we go. Perfect cast. Oh, that was a good one. Reeler in, reeler in, slow. Yep. Here we go. Ooh. Oh! Tugging a bit. There it is. Uh, uh, what is it? Oh, oh okay. I got, what it. Got, got, what it. got it. What have got? It's, it's the Hypotheticals podcast. Well, I'm Adriano. I'm Andy. Let's begin. Are you familiar with similes? I've heard of them. The thing with similes is that a lot of them just don't make sense. So, what do these mean, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. Right. So this one... Hit me. As cool as a cucumber. Uh, Why are cucumbers cool? Well, you can't fault it in that they usually are pretty cool, right? Well, I mean, I mean in the literal sense. Like wearing sunglasses. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a lesser-known emoji, is a, a cucumber with sunglasses on. Yeah. But like they've got that kind of sleek feel to them. You can't ruffle a cucumber; <laughs> they're unruffleable. Who came up with this simile, and why is it caught on? Surely, whoever came up with it, they were like, "Yeah, you know, he's as cool as a cucumber." This guy, and everyone else was like, "What are you saying? <laughs> were you some kind of cucumber lover? Is that it?" <laughs> I don't know. I think I think there's an inherent poetry to it. It's the obviously you've got the you know the alliteration at the sort of the base level. But if you if you dig a little deeper, you Ooh. notice that "cool" the adjective is monosyllabic, but yep. "cucumber." has a sort of a neat sort of... Trisyllabic. Tri- exactly. So you have, you know, that contrast. Why is that good, though? Um, I, well, f- hmm. I feel the, the form of the phrase should have nothing to do with the simile. It should be based on its merits as a simile. And I feel this does not have merits. Well, I disagree. I mean, if you take um, raining cats and dogs, which I realise is not a simile <laughs> so much as it is an idiom. Yeah. Um, if it were raining cats and anteaters, right. there'd be a problem. Yes. Right? Because cats and dogs, not yeah. only are they both common animals, they're both one-syllable words. Mm-hmm. And I feel that there's a neatness to that. Duh, duh, duh. You know? Yep. And cool as a duh, like, you know, cool as a... What's a C word you can say on the radio? <laughs> um, What's a C a word cabbage. you're allowed to say on the internet? No, that's not one <laughs> syllable, though, is it? Come on. Maybe that's it. There's no, uh, there's no other... Um, a comb. Cool as a comb. Doesn't work as well. Maybe. Why not? I want cool as a comb. I'm going to start using that in everyday conversation. <laughs> Do you keep your comb in the fridge? Yes. You, well, okay. <laughs> I, I'd write. Yeah, I can't... Yeah, you're quite right. Cool as a cucumber. Nonsensical. <laughs> All right, next. Okay, next one. Um, as bold as a coot. Is that a real one? Yeah, bold as in, you know, no hair. Um, as a coot, which, oh. is, which is a wading bird. Bold as a coot. Which is not bold. They have feathers. They have feathers on their heads. Now, okay, this here brings an interesting avenue of inquiry. Are there any featherless birds in the same way that you get those really freaky, wrinkly cats with no fur? There's, there's vultures. They don't have feathers on their heads. Shoot, you're right. Because they're, they're sticking their heads into things. But bald eagles, ironically, not, have feathers, yeah. just mm. a different colour. But the thing is, with coots... They only have, like, they got some white bits on the front of their they heads. Do. But the top of their heads is black, which is the same colour as the rest of their bodies. I'm assuming those foreheads were evolved for jousting. And I, I hope <laughs> nobody corrects me on this point. Right? Because other animals, they have horns, they have, like, sort of hard nodules and stuff, and it's usually so they can ram it into some other dude. I mean, it could be. I don't see any problem with it. It doesn't apply to boldness, though. No, but it does apply to boldness. Because... Oh, with an O. Exactly. Mm. So I think it might have just sort of, like, mutated over time, as much of language has. I'm, I'm willing to, to allow it on those grounds. Okay. What else? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a kind of middle one. Uh, yeah. As happy as Larry. Have you met Larry? No. You can't stop him smiling. <laughs> He's the happiest man I've ever met. Can you honestly say you've ever met someone called Larry? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what Larry is short for. Is it... 
Larence? <laughs> Larence? <laughs> is it Clarence just abbreviated really strangely? Larence? I mean, Harold is Harry. Yeah. Larold? Larold? <laughs> is it Lawrence? It might be Lawrence. To avoid the lorry problem. Yeah. That's truck for any American. Red Larry, yellow Larry. Um, but yeah, why why is Larry associated with such happiness? Maybe it's imperative that no Larrys actually exist. Right. Larry is in fact like the sort of the platonic form <laughs> of the happy individual. No one has ever met a truly happy man, and no one has ever met a Larry. Presumably, they're one and the same. Mm. That's that's deep, actually. I think so. There's a sort of Zen quality to it. So that <laughs> so one, I'm on board. That one with absolutely it. makes sense. Yeah, it's stronger <laughs> than the cute one. I think so. I feel we're we're stronger an escalation. Than, stronger than any other <laughs> simile known to man. I'm pretty sure. Okay, here's one. As snug as a bug in a rug. Now, if you had a bug, yes, and you rolled it up in a rug, it would die because you'd have squashed it. <laughs> so why is this? Why what? is it so snug? No, 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 no. Explain yourself. A bug, right? Yeah. We're talking an insect. Yeah. Not any other kind of bug. No. Wrap it in a rug. You yeah. Like you might a dead body. Roll it up yeah. in a carpet for disposal. Yeah. Bugs are small. Yeah. Have you ever tried to squash a bug? Yes. Have you succeeded? Yes. What? What sort of bug was it? Well, I used my hand, didn't I? It was like a fly. Okay, your hand, whatever. But a, a rug <laughs> doesn't apply the same kind of pressure. We're not talking, well, you know, pound square inch. You're not rolling your rugs right. Yeah, you're, you're getting, like, real tight. There's no air in there. <laughs> yeah, just, you just crash, <sighs> just wringing them. No. First of all, bugs are tiny. You're not rolling up this rug. This, okay. um, it's got to be talking about a dust mite or similar. Something that would <laughs> inhabit of its own volition a rug. And at that point, I think it's entirely fair to assume it might be snug in that rug. Don't you think? I guess so. Okay, we'll finish off the similes. I think we've learned a lot. Wise as an owl. Ah, that one I do have a problem with. But tell yeah. me tell me your problem. Well, owls aren't wise, are They're they? Not, not in any if way. they were a D&D character in Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> their wisdom would be quite low. Maybe a six. That's a minus, minus two. That's a strong point. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Do, uh, do NPC animals have wisdom scores? Yes, they do. Oh. They do. So, yeah, but but owls, right? Even in fiction, Winnie the Pooh, that owl is stupid. He likes to think he's wise, but he's quite dumb. That is true. Now, I don't know whether you can take Winnie the Pooh as sort of conclusive evidence. I take Winnie the Pooh as gospel. Yeah? (laughs) In my daily life. So all donkeys have detachable tails. Yep. Rabbits love organising things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kangaroos are indigenous to the deciduous forests of Britain. Yep. And... (laughs) Do bears love honey, or is that entirely from Winnie the Pooh? Uh, do they do the thing where they stick their paw in a tree and pull out delicious I honey? I don't know. I hope not. Maybe they do. Almost. But Maybe I mean, they, they are carnivores, so you'd expect them not to, but... No. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's, there's bears rolling in honey somewhere. We should look that up before next episode. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure people are dying to know. Well, I know I am. And also I need to find out how many people are actually called Larry and how I can avoid them. So, Andy, as an artist that I know you to be, um, my question to you is, assuming you made it, right, to the degree that, say, Picasso made it, and my understanding is that towards a certain degree point of his career, having been one of the lucky few to become very valuable in his own lifetime, he was essentially just signing doodles for yeah. 19,000. Just drawing stick men and going like, there you go, 2,000 yeah. quid, please. It's Picasso, eh? Yeah. What do you want? Picasso. Picasso. Picasso, mate. Anyway, so assuming you got to that stage, um, as an artist or as the curator of art exhibitions or as a stylist, as a musician, whatever, how would you actively mess with your public? 
and critics. What I would do is I would have right an art exhibition, which is an empty room and there's nothing in it. And you walk in and you walk around. But as you go out, you take a ticket. Mm. And well, actually, no, as you go out, they give you a tattoo, which a, will a never proper tattoo. Yes, which will never disappear. Wonderful. Yep. And then you, you have no idea why they've done this. But what does the tattoo look like? It's like a barcode. Oh, okay. And when you die, mm. what happens is they find this barcode, they scan it, and they're like, aha, this is this person. They went to this exhibit, and they, they stuff you, and they put, <laughs> they put you in the empty room. Oh, my word. Just staring. The long con. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it's, it's, a long, it, it's a, quite a lengthy piece. That's more something you'd have to do if you were a, an insane head of state that managed to serve for life. <laughs> yeah. And you set that up in your youth. I like that a lot, actually. I think it'd be really... It'd be quite powerful. Also very, very creepy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be... I mean, it could be a commentary on all sorts of things, really. Um, but I, I, I do think you'd have to be some sort of dictator to make that work. Also because Probably. consent forms and, yeah. you know. Maybe, maybe you make it big as an artist in North Korea. Yes. You know, I hear they have a thriving, thriving art community in I North Korea. I do, actually. All the finger paintings in the... In the, uh, the museum. Well, it... let, let's not knock them. I've seen photos of statues and things. I'm okay. sure provided you're making artwork that, uh, you know, glorifies Glorious Leader, mm. then I'm sure you can get commissioned for Yeah, you only... Only Glorious Leaders are allowed to see <laughs> this exhibition. Yeah, well, and the occasional uh, foreign press... Press gang, oh, right, as so, it were. So they... If they go and then they leave the foreign press, mm. do they, when they die, do they have to be shipped back to North Korea? <laughs> because they saw. Yeah. Mm, maybe. Yeah. I like that. I like the idea of just a chamber full of, you think they're waxworks, but they're not. They're foreign journalists. Yeah. Ooh. Um, didn't they do an exhibition, actually, where they... It was like foreign prisoners or something. I don't, I don't know where they got these corpses. What? But they, they flayed them, essentially. It was, it was yeah, it was it, people preserved with a sort of... What was it called? Body works or something? There was some special preservation technique that sort of plasticified these corpses. And wow. it was a semi-educational thing to sort of show what the muscles and everything of the human body actually look like. What, like laminated them? Well, they weren't flat. <laughs> they were, they're like statues, like posed. 3D laminated. Mm. <laughs> you yeah, won't yeah. fit through the laminator. <laughs> I assume they had to make special ones. <laughs> Stephen, get a 3D laminator now. <laughs> this like... flayed man won't fit. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's, like that's that. grim. A little. Well, I have something. Um, I like the empty room idea. If you took it in a slightly less dark and a bit less long-term direction. Mm. But I, I like the idea of making the, the spectators themselves the exhibit. So I have another idea for you here. What if you have an exhibit room, right? And it's, um, what is it? It's people queue outside. It's like a nightclub. They okay. have bouncers on the door, as it were. Your concierges, whatever. And it's a sort of a one-in, one-out scenario. So only a very few people are allowed in at any one time and everyone else queues for at least half an hour before they get in and they're queuing alongside the wall of the exhibition hall and the wall is mirrored maybe or just glass i'm I'm not sure either way it's opaque okay you Mm. can't see through it but once you're allowed in you realize the exhibition hall is in fact empty but the wall people are queuing against is a two-way mirror. Oh. So the exhibition is watching the people queue outside. watching people queue for the thing you're you're doing yeah that's really wow I think there's value in that or at least there's value for money because it wouldn't cost me a penny just gotta hire the space and I'm not sure it's value for money for the people involved no god no how much is it costing them a, a lot a I lot? mean like I haven't th- figured 30 it out 30 quid presumably nice I'm a very famous artist yeah yeah no absolutely and people are my medium that's very the, the canvas that is very arty I can see that being a thing someone's it's gonna good, steal that now well they shouldn't it's trademark me trademark they... me exactly <laughs> 
I'm sorry, sir. You you can't do this exhibition. It's trademark. Uh, let's just check this. Me. So, uh, are you me? <laughs> no, you're not me, are you? So. Well, exactly. And I, I have this as an audio record of the fact that I had that idea. Um, you know, no as, touch. As we all know, ideas can be copyrighted. They can't. They can't be copyrighted. <laughs> but anyway. Don't disabuse me of this notion. All right, listen. Here's another one, right? Empty exhibition hall. It's just a warehouse. Mm-hmm. And it's just you in the middle... And you spend a week there, okay? People right. can come in at any point during this week, potentially day or night. Yeah. You, you probably have a sort of a, like a cordoned off zone in the middle that you exist in, and people can just come in and look around. For the for the moment, it's just empty. It's just you, some lights, like a power socket. You've got a laptop plugged in. Whatever necessaries. Maybe you have a little cubicle, like toilets. I don't know, whatever. But you're going to subsist there for a week. But you have nothing except this laptop, and you order things off Amazon Prime. Okay. And that's it. It's you living for a week and occasionally realising, oh, I wish I could make noodles or something. I'm going to order a kettle. <laughs> right? But then right. You, you don't have running water, so you also need to order, like... Bottles of water? I'm sure Amazon deliver that. Yeah, no, definitely. So it's an exploration of commercialism, consumerism, this and, whole sort yeah, of... Yeah, also, all culture. of the packaging will just, like, accumulate yeah, around yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, Piles. Piles of junk. Yeah. And yeah. then it's up to you. Do you, do you order a bed and build it? Yeah. Or do you construct a box fort and live in that? You know, well, do 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 the people who pay to come and see? Do they join you? Do they take their own box? Do you let them? Mm. It's this whole evolving wow. art space. I think it would say a lot. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one, isn't it? Very arty, and also manages to say kind of nothing at the same time, which I think is very important. That's for art. the ultimate goal, and I'll, I'll tell you what, even better. You can only use the money that has so far been spent on tickets to come in to buy things on Amazon, right? So there's a chance you might die. Yes, and that makes it so much more real. There's a raw energy to that, and I think I think uh, eventually you just have so much money from it that you're like you're like buying like oh what do I get for Amazon? I got everything. <laughs> Everything's just gold. Plated I get a now. gold watch. Do I get a gold toilet? I've got this toilet. <laughs> it's not good enough. Can though. I order a plumber off Amazon? Do they have plumbers? But, but that would be an exploration in itself. You know that speaks of of wealth, of unnecessary, ostentatious consumerism. Yeah. How good an entertainment system could you deck out in this insane warehouse? Well, do you have electricity though? Do you have you, to buy a generator off Amazon? Can you order electricians off Amazon? They just come and box themselves. <laughs> you have <laughs> flat packs. So just, yeah. Wait, flat pack? You've got to assemble your electrician yourself? Let's screw well, that head on. I don't know. It depends. I really don't know. Well, you've got, you've got power sockets, I think, because you, you need the laptop to order stuff to start with. Yeah. Or maybe you just begin with a phone. You have to order a... Off the phone. But you get, need, to char- you need to order a charger. It's like the first thing you, you buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start, you're literally just pushed in holding a phone. Yeah. And that's it. Go. Wow. Yeah. Maybe there's, there's an electric hookup in the wall, but you don't even have proper sockets. You've got to order those. Mm. You could make it quite... You could... Forget the toilet, even. You have nothing. You order a porta potty. Right? right. It's only a week. You can do it. Pretty sure. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can do it. Yeah. Or you just kind of hide it amongst all the, the, the junk, all the cardboard boxes. I like the idea of... Oh, I see. Your, not your, hiding your waste. a toilet. No. Your waste. Yes. I see. Well, yeah, what are the boxes for, after all? Yeah. I like it. Sort of a, a modern-day castaway. Not on an island, but right at the very centre <laughs> of this consumerist network. Yeah. I think there's much Well, that beats say. my next idea. Do which, which was just... You go um, round, like, all of... So, it's like a big vat... Just a huge empty vat. Okay. 
and there's and it's kind of got lots of different le- like levels around the outside which you can kind of sit on. Mm. And again, it's it's where the artist themselves is in it. So like a Sea World, if you drained a Sea World pool, a sort of amphitheater with a with a pond in the middle. Yeah, but with lots of yeah layered steps, which on the inside of the pool itself, so that the person inside okay. can sit on them. Oh, I see. Right, right, right. And right what them. you do is you just kind of go round all of the clubs in your local area. Nightclubs. Yeah. Okay. And you collect every like bit of drink which no one drank <gasps> oh so my in word. cups and stuff and you just pour it in so it gradually fills up is, is the performer at the bottom of this space in yeah the pool? so for example it's a constant thing so every morning mm. they wake up and it's closer to them because they have to sleep on one of these ledges but it's right. filled up overnight oh so uh, other people are coming and filling it yeah i see yes now that to me speaks of alcoholism mm-hmm. it speaks of a problem that you you sort of you and you're of waste culture to away again from. exactly it's, that is the dirtiest of pints. Oh my god, yeah. At, at the end, he has to drink all of it. Right, yeah. As a forfeit. Well, no, the, all 200 gallons. Once dirty he's, pint. Once he's up to the, the final level of this, this amphitheater, um, he plays a game of spin the bottle. What if, right? You know Ring of Fire? Oh, involving cards. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- there's a version of... of I, don't, I can't remember what the card game, the drinking game is called, but it's where you balance a ring of cards around the top of a glass. No way. So you have lots and lots of giant cards... And as he gets further and further up, he's more and more likely to knock one off. Oh my. And when he does, he has to get like a glass and like drink it. <gasps> oh, that's making me feel sick just thinking about it. I'm also feeling a bit sick now. I feel like if I were to do it though, I'd probably swim in it. Swim it? But you'd be so sticky. I know. It'd like, be vile. Because loads of people in nightclubs get like, you know, oh God, yeah. WKDs, stuff like that. Yeah, it'd be and so beer, sugary, wouldn't and, it? And like just really sugary. But like oh. it would smell a lot of... Of yeast from Ooh. beer. Oh no! It would not be pleasant. Oh, it would be so vile, actually. And be all yeah. foamy as well, because like all the bits of foam which people don't drink. Ah, uh, um, that would be in there. That's excellent. All the spit, all the backwash. I wonder what they do with it afterwards. Well, they drink it, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. That's right. The waste disposal what? occurs within the. They artists. have they have a special deal with the nightclubs where they pump it all back. <laughs> <laughs> this was yours. You're just gonna. <laughs> if you yeah, so it's like um, they just put on a special. Special draft ale. Uh, <laughs> and uh, see how it sells. Man, some people have standards low enough. Definitely. So there we are. Well, I'm not done. Um, I'm <laughs> going to take it in a slightly less disgusting direction. Okay. Okay, let's talk fashion. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk catwalk, high conceptual high fashion. Okay, yeah. the weird stuff. My, It's my dream one day to become a stylist so renowned that I can afford to put on an exhibition of models wearing outfits made... Largely or entirely of live animals. Right. Yeah. How? Think about it. <laughs> How is this going to work? It, it works on so many levels, my friend. So, it's easy enough to wear a snake as a necklace. Oh, yeah, easy. easy. I do it all the time. There are some very friendly snakes. Yeah, if you, <laughs> if you own a snake, which you don't, but if you did, and it's not a constrictor one, mm. or, you know, a friendly pet snake. Friendly neighbourhood snake. Yeah. You get those. And they like to coil around stuff. Tree branches and stuff. Mm. Your model is the tree branch. Right. And she'd, she'd show that in her, you know, in her strut. So is but it lots of little snake. snakes or is it huge, one huge, like, boa constrictor? Well, I think you'd start off with them actually wearing clothes. Yeah. Right? And wearing the animals as sort of accessories. And then every so often you'd interspurt. So you'd have a model wearing, like, a dress or whatever. Maybe, like, a snakeskin style dress, depending on how tasteless you're feeling. And then she's wearing a, an actual snake as a necklace. And maybe small ones as bracelets, I don't know. Okay. But then you escalate it. So after a little while, you bring in a model. She's just been dipped in honey. 
and she's covered in bees. That's a that's a torture technique. Covered in bees. <laughs> but she's fine. She consented to this, and she's probably wearing a mask or whatever to stop him going in her face. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming she's female. I don't. May, um, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's it, the bees don't care. But they are covering her or him. So it's like, yeah, when people have bee beards. Right. It's like that. But, but all just over. your whole body. Yeah, just coat. If they want to wear a leotard under that, I'm, you know, You might need fine. to screen for allergies before you do this. I mean, I've no doubt. But I'd have staff taking care of that sort of thing. As, as, the, as the artist, the, the mastermind behind this, I would be concerned with. How do you get the bees off them at the end? Um, is there some sort of anti-honey you could dip them in? Anti-honey? Like it's not like anti-venom. <laughs> well, I don't know. It, perhaps you have an even greater pile of honey with which you lure the bees away. Bees like honey, right? Yeah, but I don't think bees have have a, a sense of quantity. They're not going to go, I've got some honey here, but look over there, there's more honey. Okay, but you can control... Well, then you have to Unless options. they just step in a bath and you just kill hundreds and hundreds and hundreds no, 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 of no, no, bees. No, 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 no. This would be a humane... Largely humane. Unless you enterprise. scrape the bees off. No, I think you'd either wait for them to get bored. Yeah, which they would eventually. The bees get bored. Well, they go away, don't they? I don't know. You just stuck them to this woman. But they have a contact. It's not easy to get <laughs> off. Not, no, like no. insects struggle to get off sticky things. It's why flypaper exists. Oh. And you've just stuck them in this honey. Honey, though, bees are used to dealing with honey. The bees are not stuck on. The bees are free to. But this, this, but maybe this person is not covered in honey. They're covered in nectar. They're covered in something bees like. Such okay. that the bees simply swarm on them hmm. for a couple of minutes. Maybe what you do is you release loads of wasps and the bees all <laughs> fly off. I think that's the that's the perfect solution. And then all the wasps go and eat them instead. <laughs> Listen, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. The point is, you could also wear ferrets. They go yep. into a sort of a dead sleep where for a good, I think, at least 45 minutes, they are completely insensitive to everything. Right. You could just drape one around your neck. Like, like an ermine collar, but a lot, a lot of these are very neck-based. Well, I'm, I'm concerned about the, the privacy of these individuals. Well, like I said, this could go in the early phase where they're still wearing clothes and stuff. Okay. And as you build up, I mean, you could conceivably dress a model in an a outfit. A tiger. <laughs> well, we're getting to that. What? You could dress them in uh, an outfit made of rotting meat, take Lady Gaga to the next level, and then just cover them in flies. Great. Or maggots. That's nice. Well... Nice isn't the point, man. <laughs> this is art, okay? We're trying to send a message. Sorry, sorry I forgot. Yeah, art. Yeah. Exactly. It's good, isn't it? It is. Um, what else could you do? Colourful birds, sort of... You can train... Colourful pa- birds? Yes, you can train parrots to sit on people's shoulders. No, just stick them on with honey. <laughs> stick everything on with honey. You can't... Why stop honey? Just Never su- look Just back. super glue. Super glue some no, live animals this on. This is humane, I'm telling you. <laughs> is it? Yeah. And do you want to know what the pièce de résistance is? Okay. Okay, you wheel in... A fish tank, yeah. a large fish tank. Yeah. It inside it, a single great white shark. Right. Which contains the model. Therefore, the model is technically wearing the shark. But it's she, an all-in-one outfit. Meanwhile, she's dead. That is besides the point. <laughs> it still counts as clothing. Why, why do you do it? It's not like, meant to be practical. There have been people who've been swallowed by whales before and survived. And survived. Is this like, in the Bible? Well, yes, but I, I'm pretty sure this may have been a lie. When I was younger, I heard that a man, a diver, was briefly swallowed by a basking shark. No way. So, not a whale, but a basking shark. Are those the ones with their, with their mouths sort of propped over? Yeah, yeah, they don't have teeth, they uh... just filter feed. So, then it spat him back out or like vomited him out or whatever. So, but you could do that. My question is, creatures that filter feed, it's my understanding that, and I, I, and I know this mainly from Finding Nemo, mm. but whales have that sort of weird bristly grill, like an internal moustache. Yeah. Which prevents larger stuff going through. Basking sharks quill. don't have that. I they don't. Think, no. They're just buckets with fins. Yeah, because they eat fish as well. Oh, it's just yeah. whatever goes in. Yeah. Can't the fish just swim out? 
Uh, well, no, because it's going forward, isn't it? Oh, I see. Oh, that, and that's one of the reasons sharks can never stop. They well, no. <laughs> but <laughs> to keep the fish in. That's so that they can breathe, but still. How bizarre. Breathe in inverted commas. Okay, well, basking shark then. We'll go the less lethal option. It depends yeah. how radical you're trying to be. Do you, you trying to shock it? your audience? <laughs> God forbid we harm the animals, but kill a model. <laughs> that's fine. Listen, models can sign contracts. Animals are not, you know, they don't know what you're going to do to so them. It's not fair. You just put in the small print at the bottom. By the way, there's a small possibility you might die from being eaten by a great white shark. Or you find a suicidal model. I mean, I'm open to whatever. Yeah, it's a free country. Yeah. <laughs> in the service of art, that's all I'm saying. Maybe I'd do it myself, right? Maybe it would be my swan song as an artist. Hmm. I, just, I, I, I would literally just staple some swans to a, to a model. <laughs> and they'd be singing, or making some sort of noise. Yeah. Perfect. They're pecking the model to death. Well, to death. I don't know how deadly swans are. Okay. Maybe if they're stapled to you. Mm. Yeah, you can't escape them, can you? Listen, I'd spend some time planning this, okay? It would be a little <laughs> neater than your mere stapled swans idea. I'm sorry. I think uh, I think we're going to have to cut that. Human beings are essentially bags of chemicals, mm-hmm. right? And we pay money and invest a lot of time and energy into this industry of watching... Highly trained bags of chemicals become as big and strong and dexterous and athletic as they possibly can. And then they, we, can, we make them compete to see who the strongest, best bag of chemicals is. But sometimes they take chemicals, and I'm referring to performance-enhancing drugs, yeah. that make them too strong. And they explode. Well, no, <laughs> but we see it as cheating, mm. right? Because they're, they're too good now. They have an unfair advantage. Yeah. And you can take that in a couple of directions. You either just ban all drugs, as it seems we've done, or you level the playing field and say, guys, just do what you want, you know? It's up to you. So you're saying, what would happen if we legalized all, all sports-enhancing Performance-enhancing drugs. Yes, and in fact, I'd take it further. I'd say, assuming the continual advancement of technology... We already have crazy things going on, like the Blade Runner guy. I want to see... Or the guy who's in prison now. Is he in prison now? Oscar Pistorius, yeah. Oh, that was him? He shot his wife. Oh, my word. I didn't know they were the same person. I always thought of him as just the Blade Runner guy. Mm. Maybe he's not, you know, the most moral example, but I think he still illustrates also, the Also, not, not from the film Blade Runner. Not that guy. Regrettably, no, that was different. But, you know, they had replicants there. And I'm thinking bionics. I'm thinking cyborgs. Oh. I'm thinking transhumanism. Like, mm. if you just legalized all modifications, what sort of crazy sports events would, would you like to see in this hypothetical future? Wow. Uh, gosh. What would I like? Have you got any ideas? Um, I contend that, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, ruffle some feathers. I don't enjoy football. It's mm. the world's most popular sport, but I find it a very dull 90 minutes. Not a big sports fan, but I believe I would enjoy football more if there were more traps. <laughs> it concerns me that it is too simple, to be quite honest. These are very, you know, they're, they're highly trained athletes and they're very highly paid. Mm. And I think they could contend with some, you know, some holes with water in, some hedges to jump, some... I, I but like really high because they're bionically enhanced. They so would like, be, yeah. You'd have to escalate huge. it. Yeah. What if you made the arena like a, a sphere and they mm. have like magnets in their feet, which you've kind of sewn in oh. and they, they just run around? I think there was a sport like that in a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> I think, like some sort of hoverball game. Yeah, I'm on board. I say keep them on their toes. I want no two sports tournaments to ever be the same, mm. right? Because they train, they know, tennis players know how different, you know, court surfaces react with the ball. And it's too samey. Back and forth, we know how it's going to go. Maybe mm. this guy wins, maybe the other guy does. <laughs> I don't know. But none of them get devoured by anything. 
Yeah. None of them are ever, like, assaulted by the net. And I, I think these are missed opportunities. <laughs> so you want a living net? Well, I want in some way to combine those um, crazy TV shows like Takeshi's Castle or Total Wipeout with professional sport. The goalkeeper's job is actually to stop the goal from devouring the rest of his team. Uh, yes. <laughs> I like that. Keep the goal! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why he gets to wear extra padding and Extra stuff. gloves, yeah. Yeah. He'd be like the, the super strength guy in this, in this arrangement. The really strong, yeah, just so many steroids. Just wrestling a guy. Yeah, I like that. For 90 minutes. Yeah, well, you know, you make it an endurance mm. game. It already is, but not enough, in my <laughs> mind. Or, you know, maybe just move them. Move the, like, play football in a desert. Yeah, oh, so com- combine it, right? So that the pitch is a marathon long. Oh. Scaling everything up, 200 players aside. Right. And a huge pitch and, like, Five, ten balls. I think it would be good if every contestant had magnets all over their body which they could activate and, like, attach to other players. Ooh. As well as dragging other people down just by attaching to them, you could, like, make huge formations out of your players. You combine, like, stack up. Yeah. Do do, do Voltron style. (laughs) Basically, you're a Power Ranger. I like that. And you... (laughs) Did the Power Rangers have magnets? Well, no, no, but they made, like, um, big robots out of each, like, one person was a leg and one person was an arm. Did they have vehicles, or did they actually turn into... I think they had vehicles. Right. I don't really remember I the don't Power really Rangers. remember Power Rangers. Did okay. they have vehicles? We may never know. And, well, <laughs> did they play turbo football? If an alien race somehow makes its way to Earth and lands tomorrow, let's say it's a friendly alien race mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For, for the time being, lands on Earth tomorrow, would they be pro or anti-Brexit? That's a very good question, and honestly, I'm surprised and a little appalled that it hasn't been discussed more. I think it's a major issue, mm. because if if we go ahead with Brexit or, or not, and, and we displease our alien overlords, yeah. what's going to happen? Well, I think, honestly, a lot more of our politics should be viewed through the lens of what will the aliens think <laughs> of us when we do this, right? Because yeah. I mean, we laugh now, but you can view history, right, hypothetically, mm. as the before and after... We already do this with the birth of Christ, right? But if we ever discover another galactic civilization, I, I believe we'll view history as the before first contact era and the after first contact era. And I think the impression, you know, they say first impressions are very important. There's a whole thing about the Earth emanating a sphere of like radio communication and stuff. All that stuff is recorded on TV. Everything's on YouTube. Everything's on Facebook. The aliens will know everything about us. And I think it's yeah. very important in the same way that you tailor your Facebook profile for potential future employers. Our Earth and politics will determine whether these aliens decide to just exterminate us or welcome us into yeah. the galactic their, their first exposure to humanity will, will be watching cat videos and men being kicked in the balls repeatedly on YouTube. That's right. Which I think is a good way to, to get to know humanity. Football in the groin, just like that Simpsons episode. We're yeah. unabashedly, you know, aware of our own propensity. We're doubling down <laughs> yeah, exactly. on, on crudeness. Okay, if they were friendly, they'd probably be for it. Because like, oh, well, you're used to kind of pan-galactic associations. Mm. You don't want to be pulling out of the pan-galactic associations. Do you remember when Vorb 7 pulled out? Oh, it was a crisis. Economic yeah, collapse. Yeah, economic collapse for everyone. The immigrant crisis. Yeah, all, all of those fellations going over there. <laughs> that sounds a bit rude. <laughs> it does a bit. <laughs> it's how they greet each other. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so they've, they've probably already seen similar scenarios themselves on mm. a galactic scale. So if we, if we did the same... I don't think they'd be... They wouldn't be impressed. They wouldn't be happy. But if they wanted to divide and conquer, 
different story. That is true. But see, on the other hand, what we, we're assuming that the friendly aliens are representatives of some pangalactic agglomeration of species. Mm. What if the ones that come and meet us are the equivalent of Britain already having left the Union? Are they UKIP? Right. UKIP aliens. Yes. So what if... In That's fact, terrifying. So picture, <laughs> picture this. Britain leaves the European Union and mm. suddenly becomes desperate for new trading partners, right? Yeah. Because all of Europe turns their backs on us and it turns out the Chinese don't like us either. What do you do, right? Trade with the aliens. Exactly. So assume the aliens are in that position already. They yeah. left the Federation and now they're forced to make first contact with backward races like us <laughs> in order to prop up their empire. Wow. So maybe they don't want to conquer us, but they do want to cooperate. Presumably we have a lot of something yeah. that they need, possibly But, but we can't move to their planet. That no. is not allowed. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, they can come here and talk to us, but yeah. we, can't, we can't live. No, we'll take their jobs. Yeah, we'll take all their alien jobs. Yeah. What would UKIP aliens be like? Their, their spaceships would be purple and yellow. Yeah. But would they even come over to say hi? Probably not. I don't really know how UKIP operates, I'll be honest. No. But presumably they want to just be independent, doing their own thing. <laughs> ah, the, the, the UKIP representative, Nodjul Farodge, <laughs> with his <laughs> five eyes, who likes a pint down the pub as, not, as much as the next zob. <laughs> a pub with a sign outside that says, don't be a traitor. Yes. Vote alien Brexit. We, we went uh, for a little walk uh, in a place near Bath, where we live, the other day. And, uh, That's the... a city. For anyone not in the UK, Bath is a city, Bath. not simply a bathroom accessory in which we dwell. So we, we found this, this pub, and uh, we were going to go in. It's like, oh, it's quite thirsty. And then we saw outside a sign which simply said, don't be a traitor. Like Brexit. Mm. And it um, wasn't a sign they bought. It had been manually chalked onto their sort of A-frame sign. Yeah. And and that made me not want to buy a drink. Yeah. Because I don't really like being called a traitor. This this free referendum in which everyone is encouraged to vote. You can only vote one way or you're guilty of treason. Treason. Everyone's... <laughs> which, whichever side wins, everyone that voted for the other side secretly, they're going to kill. Well, yeah. Is, now, is treason still one of the few crimes you can actually be executed for in this country? No, but they UKIP would bring it back. Oh, okay. If they won, yeah, everyone sense. else would just be I don't know thrown in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> now we're not going to kill you. No, nope. we are going to forcibly expel you from our island nation. <laughs> it's up to you what you do once you're in the ocean. It's not up to us, but you cannot come back. I'm sorry. If you can swim back the five miles with strong tidal <laughs> tidal forces, uh, then you can come back in. Mm. Or swim to France, really. I mean, they're a bit more I think accommodating. France would be very welcoming to UKIP supporters. <laughs> no doubt. Well, no, but the UKIP supporters wouldn't be thrown in the sea. Well, this is... Uh, no, no, this is if, if uh, the, e- the EU Remain campaign wins. Oh, I'm confused. Right, okay. Everyone's just a, a murderous fascist at this stage. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Even, even the lefties. That's how, how deeply our country has been divided by this. <laughs> exactly. I once... Who was it who was planning to... I think it was the monster raving loony party. Mm. They were a thing for a while. And they were planning on building a cannon so that they could fire, I cannot remember whom, to France. Oh. Mm. I cannot remember which faction they were annoyed with, but they were going to launch them to France. Wow. That's quite quite good. Free flight. Right. It's much more efficient than the tunnel. Yeah. Why haven't we introduced cannons everywhere as modes of transport? Well, it works for fish. Salmon cannons are a real thing because they discovered only after they built tens of thousands of dams all the way across the United States that, in fact, fish migration is important upstream and dams get in the way of that. But, but you... not downstream. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Nothing goes downstream. Um, but they can't knock dams down at this point, obviously. So what do? And what they do is they have these sort of vacuum pipes that suck salmon in at one end, the lower end, and then 
whoosh, sort of launch them up the length of the dam and fire them into the at river their at enemies. The top. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that they could be weaponized in time of need. Yeah, in times of war, if the US is or any country which has these is ever invaded, they will turn the cannons towards <laughs> towards the advancing tanks, which will be pelted by fish. It means technically you have a defense in both directions because if the enemy approaches from downstream, you simply destroy the dam and wash them out to sea. Mm. And if they approach from upstream, you merely reorient the salmon cannon. How do we get here from, alien? <laughs> from It's not aliens? important. I, well, at this point, we're talking about defence against unfriendly aliens. Oh, right. So we're firing fish at them. Well, whatever we've got, really. I think we can yeah. take it as read their technology would be superior unless mm. they arrived on an asteroid or something. Yeah. I like, doubt they'd make We're going to fire our missiles at them, but just to be sure, <laughs> we'll fire the fish as well. Well, we're going to run out of missiles. <laughs> you have to think ahead. That's all I'm saying. That applies to our politics. That applies to our fish. So we're setting up a new party, <laughs> which is, is going to uh, throw all of UKIP in the sea and also fire fish at yeah. the aliens. It's very, it's very aquatic. Um, we can try and get Aquaman to be our leader. It, is he real? I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but it, you know, it worked in 1984. They had a fictional head of the party. Oh, yeah. He did very well. That's true. I yeah, Big Brother. Mm. And then it can later go on to form a, a really good uh, reality TV show, which everyone watches. And... A fish-based TV show. Yeah, Aquaman instead of Big Brother. <laughs> exactly. And it's just, it's the same as a reality TV show, but you throw everyone in a tank of water and then you seal the top. <laughs> Do you know, I would not be opposed to doing that with participants <laughs> on reality TV shows, to be quite honest. I think if it was just exactly the same as Big Brother, mm. but it's just... Filled with water. Yeah, everything's beanbags and, you know, whatever. They're yeah. having the same sort of sex scandals, etc. But everything's just underwater. Nothing works. The, the loo doesn't <laughs> flush because it's, oh, everything is full of water. That's unpleasant. And you, there's a beautiful irony to talking about that in a house where we have actually had to shut off our own water. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we're currently talking in our living room where... <laughs> from the bath. From, from the bath. We're talking in the living room where behind us is a, a cupboard... Which I, I was, woke up the morning of a job interview and I noticed that this cupboard was full of water and everything in it was drenched. Uh, so I had to kind of steep, I had to actually dry out the iron ironing board with an iron <laughs> before I used it. That's such a wonderful image. Before a job interview, it's like the intro credits of a, one of those comedy disaster films in which everything goes wrong. I can picture Mr. Bean having to dry out his ironing board with an iron. Yeah. But. Uh, short, long story short, not short story long. Well, where are we going? <laughs> Pipes leaking, getting worse, so we had to turn off the water to our house. So we are, we have now got pots outside filling with rainwater. Mm. And uh, I, for one, feel closer to the earth. I do too. Collecting resources the way the way our forefathers did. Yeah, with <laughs> with with pans outside yeah. and, and going outside for a wee. Yeah, um, we haven't got to the other stage yet. <laughs> the number twos are still elusive. And we have yet to decide what will happen. In much, much the same way that our country has yet to decide what direction it will take. I think the two situations are... Yeah, and, and what horrible. opinion would, would aliens have of us peeing outside when our, when our water's turned off? They might see it as barbaric. Would they be pro or anti-turn off the water? So, that was the Hypotheticals podcast. Adriano, what do you think? Well, Andy, I'm not sure, to be honest. Might be worth throwing that one back in. Yeah, it's a bit of a runty fish. 
Uh, it's a bit misshapen. A fish out of water. <laughs> you could say that. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at it now, and it's all like mangled, covered in honey. It appears to be. It looks a bit alien to me. I... Yeah, maybe it would vote you, Kip. It's possible. I don't know. It looks kind of like a Larry to me. Oh no, we can't. We can't be having that. We cannot toss it back. Toss it back. Okay, here, here it goes. If you happen to enjoy today's show, you can follow us on Twitter at Hypotheticals. That's Hypotheticals without the R, so at H-Y-P-E-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L-S. What is Twitter? It's the sound birds make, Andy. Right, so how do you send messages on that? A flock of highly trained birds. That's amazing. Mm, With short memories. That's why the messages have to be very short. Ah, probably like about 140 characters. Exactly. And we'd really love it if you could write us a review on iTunes or your podcast network of choice. We're a new podcast, so we could really use the help. Uh, If you want to get in contact with us on the Twitters, um, mine is at RainTortoise. That's rain, like the weather phenomenon, and tortoise, like the uh, grazing animal with a shell. And if you feel like sending your birds my way, I'm at Mr. Howell. That's M-R-H-O-W-L. But I would be careful if you're sending your birds Adriano's way because he may cover them in the honey and stick them to a model. So, I hope you all learnt something. I certainly didn't. See you next time. And your vote matters. Please use it on June 23rd. To vote aliens. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be on the poll. Never fear.